Welcome to the Happy Home Birth Podcast, your source for positive natural childbirth stories and your community of support, education, and encouragement in all things home birth and motherhood. Can you really do it all? Hey there, happy home birthers, and welcome to episode 83 of the Happy Home Birth Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Fusco, and I am, as always, so excited to delve into this week's episode. Would you take a quick screenshot of you listening to this episode and upload it to your Instagram stories? Tag Happy Home Birth Podcast, and I will be sure to share in my stories as well. Okay, let's talk about today's guest. Our interview is with Megan, a mother of four and a jack of all trades. You are going to love hearing all of the activities this woman did throughout her pregnancies and how she continued to make stronger and stronger empowered decisions each time. Unfortunately, we weren't able to cover all of her birth stories, so she is going to definitely have to come back to share. You will love her bubbly personality. I know I did. Okay, before we jump into the episode, I do want to give a quick little update. This is on the personal side of things. So I just want to let you guys know I am going through some really crazy visual um, issues and it's like vision and headache problems that I've never had before. Um, So this has been going on for just like two weeks now and it's just, it came out of nowhere it felt like, um, but it is definitely making it hard to run an online business. (laughs) So um, I just want to let you guys know in case, you know, Happy Home Birth Academy gets postponed a few weeks out, I am working on this. I have to go see a specialist. So we're figuring it out. But if you are of the praying type, I would very much appreciate your prayers. So thank you guys for that. All right, let's go on to the interview. Please remember that the opinions of my guest may not necessarily reflect my own and vice versa. And we're not acting as medical professionals. So continue to see your doctor, midwife, or if you're like me, your chiropractor or your eye specialist. Megan, thank you so much for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. Thank you, Caitlin. I am super excited to be here. Oh, I'm super excited to have you. If you wouldn't mind, could you introduce yourself to the listeners? Absolutely. So my name is Megan Hamilton. I am 30 years old and I live in Maryville, Missouri. And we're here in the Midwest, not a super buzzing home birth population here around us. (laughs) And I am married to my husband, Kenneth, and we have four kiddos. Harper is eight, Hinton is five, Hatcher is three, and our newest little one, Holden, is 11 weeks today. (laughs) So we and my husband and I are both teachers. Oh, wonderful. What a sweet family. So (laughs) I, we were talking before we started recording and I know that you, so you've had these four births and you, your first birth was a typical hospital birth. And you said, you know, you were so young when that happened. What was that pregnancy and birth like? Yeah. So we actually, so Harper, she's eight. And so we unexpectedly became pregnant with her. I was actually finishing up my undergraduate degree when that happened. And my husband was also finishing up. He was in his student teaching. So he was a little bit closer to the end than I was at that time. And so we were super young, really just navigating like, 
life at that point was like the bigger focus. Like we weren't even living together at that time. (laughs) We'd been Mm -hmm. dating, but we weren't married. And so I kind of had to spend that pregnancy just like dealing with logistics versus really preparing for what I wanted my birth experience to be like. And, you know, I was 22 when I had her and I really just put all of my trust and faith into my care providers, which we do. And it really was like, I was super lucky and blessed. It was a textbook pregnancy, very healthy. I went two days past my due date. I did end up having to have my, I didn't have to. I ended up having my membrane sweeped per my OB's desire or suggestion. Went into labor later that evening and we just, we did. It was a typical hospital birth, like went to the hospital. I maybe, I had full intentions and had voiced these intentions. I really wanted a natural birth. But that's about as far as those intentions went was just voicing mm. that to people around me. <laughs> and in my, you know, inexperienced young mind, and I um, and I will say I was still a full-time student at the time. So I was taking 18 credit hours in preparation in teacher preparation. And so like I really felt and trusted, like, well, if I'm going to my doctor appointments as they are scheduled and recommended, and I'm just doing the things that I'm being told in those appointments that's all that I need to do, right? Because that's what you're supposed to do. That's what prepares you for birth. And, you know, I've evolved in the last eight years. And I know that there are just so many other things that you can do to, you know, to benefit your birth experience. But at that time, I thought, that's it. I'm doing it. I'm good. (laughs) So, And that's kind of crazy for me to think about, like, (sighs) just you putting it in that perspective of like, you thought you were doing all the right things. Like, why is it that going to see your OB, like, why are these things not talked about more? It's just crazy. It is. It is crazy. And then, you know, now knowing what I know about birth and the experience I've had, it's so hard for me not to like shout it from the rooftops and be like, well, please do. Yes. (laughs) There's more. Let me tell you about it. But anyway, and my OB was truly wonderful. I never felt Mm -hmm. uncomfortable. I mean, like, I know that there are so many ways and opportunities to have a negative you know, typical hospital birth experience. I really didn't. However, I think that now looking back on it, it just, I realized it was just very empty, if that makes sense. I mean, it really was just a process and it was a schedule and it was a checklist and that's all it was. And, you know, that does get you to the end point and it did get me to the end point. You know, I went in, but in terms of having my natural birth that I had voiced wanting to have, it really only got me to about two hours of contractions <laughs> before mm. it wasn't enough. <laughs> and so I, I hate using the term gave up, but at that moment in my head, that's what it felt like is that I, I gave up and I, I got the epidural for, you know, to all of the nurses delight and pleasure <laughs> because, you know, obviously their job gets much easier when, you know, a mom is calm and comfortable. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. but we, you know, we know that birth isn't always that way, but it is easier when it is. So got me epidural. And I will say, I, you know, I look back and I wonder, had I not gotten the epidural, would my labor have progressed faster? Because I got the epidural around 11 PM and Harper was not born until 10 AM the next morning. Um, Mm. So who knows, but we did, you know, just kind of rest and chill. And when it was time, they actually had me start pushing before I was fully dilated, which, you know, again, I was just following the recommendations, you know, under the assumption that that's what is best. I know now that that's likely why I tore pretty badly (laughs) because I did do about 30 minutes of full-blown purple pushing, which I didn't even know was a thing at the time. I didn't even know that term at the time, but um, so I pushed so so hard, Um, but I got my baby. And so I thought, oh, that was perfect. That was how, that's just how you do it. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, my recovery was 
rough as is a recovery from having a baby, but I know now it was probably a little harder than it had to be because having torn, we had, we were young and we have a lot of family and I'm telling you, I, they hadn't even cleaned the floors yet. And I had 10 people in that room. They hadn't even moved me to my recovery room, like where you stay the mm-hmm. night in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, before we literally had like balloons and flowers and people <laughs> like, right. just surrounding us, which at the time, again, I was like, this is just what you do. Like, you mm-hmm. know, you're literally minutes from pushing out a baby and you have to let other people hold the baby. Like in my head, <sighs> that's just what you do. Yeah. I know now that that moment and how that all played out probably contributed to a lot of emotional distress in the weeks to come, if that makes yes. sense. Because Oh, it um, makes sense. <laughs> because I really, you know, looking back, I think on some of the just emotional struggles that I had. And I do feel like it's because I didn't get that time to just get my baby. So anyway, so that was my first experience. And I will say it was all good intentions from those people around me, which is so hard, mm-hmm. you know, like nobody was trying to be detrimental to my recovery. Again, that's just, you know, here in the Midwest and you have big families and babies are such a blessing. And in our culture, often we think that how we support mothers to recover is by just showing up and being there and not really considering like what mothers actually need, which is like peace and calm and time. So it's hard. And if you don't have that foresight to just communicate that ahead of time, you know, it really can snowball. Oh, Before you're so you really right. What's going on? <laughs> and you know, it's it's so hard because there's this part of you that wants to share and show. Like, look what I just did. Right. Like, I just created this baby. Like, come look at this. Right. Yeah, and you love those people. You know, like you love your yes. family members. You love your friends. You want them to be there. I, I went through the same thing with my first daughter. Like, we had family over. Just not within that first hour, but a few hours later, you know, people were descending upon our house with the most loving intentions and everyone was holding Mm -hmm. the baby. And, and I agree. Mm -hmm. I had a very difficult time emotionally after my first birth. So I did take that knowledge into my second birth and I try to tell people about it um, because you're right. It snowballs. Well, and I think that we discount just the emotional exhaustion that can come from people, you know, even people that you love, people that you want to share and people who are there to help, like they're still people. <laughs> and I, I, I consider my, I consider myself like an introverted extrovert. I don't know if you've heard that term, but like, mm-hmm. it's tricky. Like I really love people and I look forward to spending time with people, but I also have to have time to recover after I've been with people because I give a lot of myself to them. And if you are also recovering from having a baby and needing to recover from, you know, social stress, like it's just mm-hmm. too much. So anyway, so We also, something else that, you know, once I got into my second pregnancy that I didn't even realize that this bothered me until I was thinking about and preparing for my second pregnancy. But when we were in the hospital with Harper, I can remember being without her in my room. Like they would take her away to, I don't even know what they did. I think she just slept, (laughs) but Mm. I don't know why she can't just sleep there in the room with me. But so they would take her away. And I can vividly remember like having a room full of people there to see the baby and the baby was nowhere to be found because I mean, it was in the nurse thing. She was in the nursery and I can remember checking the clock, like literally my eyes. And I I can remember just like, as more time would pass, I would feel more and more anxious. Like, gosh, she's been gone for, you know, two hours, three hours. And I can remember on the first full day, she was out of that room for a full four hours. 
And I just kept my face on, you know, like we were, I was literally like hosting people in my mm-hmm. hospital room without my baby that they were there to see. I wasn't resting. I probably wasn't even eating or drinking anything. Cause I was just, you know, taking care of, you know, hosting people or whatever. And looking back, like that was very, very stressful. And that mm-hmm. was a stress that was really disappointing and, and unneeded. And so moving forward with my birth stories, that was one thing that since I realized how stressful that was for me in that moment, that was one thing I knew I wanted to be intentional about protecting was having my baby with me because that alone, even if she is sleeping and doesn't need me or need anything, just having her there close to my body, you know, sharing those good chemical balances with each other, you know, like that is so crucial in the recovery and giving that to myself moving forward, I can say 100% completely made a different experience postpartum. Oh, thank you so much for sharing that because yes. <laughs> and you know, this idea of like, well, she might not have even needed me. She might not have needed to nurse, but she needed, you, you know, like absolutely. babies need their moms and moms need their babies. So yes. thank you so much for sharing that. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so, so when you moved on to your second, what was that like? Yes. So in Harper's first year of life, I graduated with my undergrad, got my first teaching job. My husband got his first teaching job. We got married (laughs) and we moved into a rental property that was going to be kind of like a long-term rental property. So we kind of like, quote unquote, settled in (laughs) as a family. Mm -hmm. And I pretty quickly knew, I knew from the get-go, I wanted to have two kiddos. And I was very cognizant of her age and like, okay, if we got pregnant now, she'd be this old when the next baby would be born. Like I was constantly mm-hmm. like calculating it. Um, thinking, I wanted, right, thinking that I wanted to like have this perfect like dear space between, between my babies. And so Hinton, my five-year-old now, he is the only pregnancy that we actually like intentionally planned for. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it did take us, as I would say we started trying in like July and it was the Monday of Thanksgiving week that I got a positive pregnancy test. So really, oh. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, no time at all. There were a couple months of me feeling a little bit discouraged, but I also was still nursing Harper at the time. And I literally the month, the cycle before I was had a positive pregnancy test. I weaned her. She was about 18 months. And I don't know if that had anything to do with it, but I weaned oh, her yeah. and then I got pregnant. So yeah. <laughs> so I think that my body was like, okay, yeah, we've got, you know, energy for this now. So anyway, going into his pregnancy, I can remember, you know, starting the, the normal process. You call the OB, you go, and we actually went ahead and, you know, started the typical hospital checklist. And as we kind of started working through it, I started kind of replaying Harper's birth experience in my mind. And that's when I kind of started having these aha moments of like, I didn't really like that. Or gosh, I'm not looking forward to that. That is, it gives me kind of some, it's cringy, I guess. (laughs) Like, you know, like there were just little tiny details that I realized there was nothing technically wrong with it. It just wasn't for me and it didn't make me feel good. And so it was also around that time, like most of us do, who evolve in our birth experiences that I discovered the documentary, the business of being born. And like most people (laughs) who discover it had my eyes completely opened. I still was faced with home birth and birth centers, not really being anything near or around me. In fact, when I started researching to find and what I was really intending was a birthing center, because I felt like that was a good, happy medium. I wasn't super confident in my abilities to have a natural birth seeing as how in my mind at that time, I felt like I failed the first time. Like I couldn't do it simply because I didn't (laughs) do it. 
but I still wanted to look into it. I thought there's got to be something to this, especially knowing that I didn't, you know, that there were lots of details that kind of had me feeling yucky about my first experience. And so I did find a birthing center, literally the only one within a reasonable distance was in Overland Park and it's a new birth company. And it was still almost a two hour drive for us to the birthing center. So I switched care at around 22, 23 weeks, I would say, like I had already done all of the typical like mid-pregnancy stuff at the hospital. So I transferred all my paperwork. I also learned that I can actually be the keeper of my paperwork, which no one obviously at the hospital tells you. So Mm -hmm. I, you know, transitioned myself to owning my own information (laughs) and um, (laughs) amazing. You can do that. So um, went to the birthing center and it was just immediately like, I just immediately had this calm about me, like just the environment, the atmosphere, the, the way that they spoke to me, the way that they listened to me, the amount of time that they gave me. And it's interesting because I never even really was assigned a midwife. They actually have you meet with of all of the midwives so that you are familiar so that whoever is on call is not a stranger when you mm-hmm. end up going into birth because they don't necessarily, you're not guaranteed which midwife you're going to be with. And so, but even still, that was so much, it felt so much more complete than the experience I had had with an OB. So um, was this a know, we, big practice or how big was the midwifery um, practice? So at the time they were the only one, this new birth company, they were the only mm-hmm. center they, and they're in Overland Park, Kansas. They now have a second center in North Kansas City. So mm-hmm. they have expanded. And I believe at the time they had five midwives. Practicing. Gotcha. Yeah. That's um, a good, so pretty, good pretty birth. substantial. Yeah. yeah. And they had just so many opportunities for different classes and education. And they actually required some, which was fantastic. And so Hinton was born in August. So we spent that whole summer driving back and forth to the birthing center. And that kind of became an event. Like it was a long drive. (laughs) And so that's daunting. So we would just make a thing of it. Like on our appointment days, we would, you know, have other things to look forward to. We would have a lunch and we would, you know, do things. So in that time, we also bought our first house. Wow. (laughs) And we actually closed on our house on July 25th and his birthday is August 5th. So we, I was in our house does not have central air conditioning. So we were moving into our house, you know, and I I think it's hilarious. I've listened to so many of your podcasts, how many of us do these giant life things like Mm -hmm. within days of having these, like, why do we do this to ourselves? It's so fascinating. I like, (laughs) honestly, and, and, you know, I batch my episodes. So like, I'll hear a few stories in one day. I'm like, yeah, that one moved, that one moved, that one moved. (laughs) And so, but I mean, but you're also just so excited. Like these are just new seasons of life. And so I think Mm -hmm. just the excitement of it all, it just, because you look back and you're like, how did I even handle that? But you just do because it's exciting. And you know, you, you see the end in mind, I guess. And so, so I was, you know, painting walls with no air conditioning at, you know, um, eight weeks pregnant. <laughs> um, no big deal. So we got all settled in, moved in, and we're just waiting on him to arrive. Do you want me just to go ahead and quick share his birth story? Yeah, please. Okay. So again, typical, very healthy pregnancy. However, some of the differences that I just really think benefited from, I was given so much more nutritional guidance. Um, mm. And I'm a pretty healthy person. I at least consider myself that way. But I fully believe that our entire family's nutrition habit changed because of the care I was given with the midwives at that birthing center. Um, wow. And it's not like they like counseled me or, you know, not that we were like really 
horrible with our habits before, but there were just so many little tiny things that in the time that they took to talk to me and ask me questions and then listen to me, you know, they were able to find tiny pockets of habits where they could help me improve how I was caring for myself um, and count on me. And then I obviously share those because what I eat, my family eats. And so I was able to really share those. And like, and my husband would say the same thing, like we eat different now since having Hinton because of, you know, the habits that we changed based on their recommendations. And so they also just provided me with so many resources. I remember the very first appointment I went to, they gave me this little half sheet printout paper, which was just like a common thing they gave to all of their first appointment mamas with like the supplements and the resources and the books and just like some basic like, hey, moving forward between now and our next appointment, look into these things. And nobody had ever done that to me before. And I said to my husband, I thought, I said, gosh, it would not be that hard for an OB to do that same thing. They just don't. (laughs) And Mm so, and that little piece of paper completely changed how I cared for myself and how my mindset changed. It was in his pregnancy that I discovered Ina and read her, oh gosh, it wasn't, not the spiritual midwifery. I hadn't read that yet. other ones. Yes, Guide to Childbirth. I mean, not to be cheesy, but like changed my life. I mean, mm-hmm. like completely, no, I'm right there with completely you. Completely changed my mindset on what I was capable of, and I fully believe it's those birth stories and those anecdotes that I had swarming around in my mind. They were with me. They were there with me in his labor. So we we made it to he was due on the fourth, and we made it to August fourth. My husband was actually in a training for a new job, so he wasn't home all day. Harper was being. I remember that day, a horrendous toddler, <laughs> as they do when you yes, both need yes. them not to be. Oh my gosh. And she's still my most strongholded child. But um, as a two-year-old, it was- That's your, fir- that's your first, your oldest? Your oldest <laughs> yes. is your most strongholded? Yes. Okay. So there's hope for me. Mine is <laughs> <laughs> so, my strongholded one. Oh Lord. In fact, I remember I had to call in backup. I called my best friend who <laughs> now has four kids, but at the time did not have any yet. And she brought me a sonic drink, which we don't even drink soda anymore. But at that time, it was like I was hanging on for dear life. And she's like, maybe a cherry limeade would like just get you through the day. And she actually took a picture of me that day. This is like literally hours before I go into labor. And I'm rocking Harper. And it's probably like four o'clock in the afternoon because we've completely failed at getting her down for nap. But I'm still pushing to make the nap happen. And I'm rocking her. And we have this picture of like you can see the top of her head and the way that I'm holding her and I'm looking down at her and I just have this look on my face like, girlfriend, you will take a nap today. Like, And I treasure that picture that my friend took. So anyway, we did get Harper down for a nap and then I came in and sat on my birth ball in my bedroom, which I had done my whole pregnancy. I was drinking some of my red raspberry leaf tea, which I also did my entire third trimester, which I just loved. And my friend lay on the bed and was just kind of trying to like bring me down from my rage of toddler not napping. (laughs) And it was in that moment that I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm kind of crampy. Huh? That's weird. Again, second time around, but I just was like, oh, whatever, big deal. So, but I did feel like I was so exhausted and I did not want to cook dinner that night. So I texted my husband who was headed home from his training and I was like, can we just like go out to eat, which we don't do very often. But I was just like, can we just please like Mm -hmm. just go out to eat and get food? And so he was like, absolutely. So I actually like kind of showered and got kind of cute, which I hadn't done for like, mm-hmm. since we'd moved into our house, that does a lot for your just energy levels, you know, just mm-hmm. like take a shower, wash your hair. And we went out to eat and my cramping continued as I was getting ready. And I can remember driving to the restaurant and it was like, I looked at the clock and it was like six o'clock um, on the like car time. And I was like, 
gosh, like, I think that these cramps are really coming and going pretty consistently. Like that one, I really noticed. And he was like, okay, well, let's just start timing them. Like, I'm not even going to beat around the bush. And so basically starting through dinner, we were timing contractions. And by the time we left dinner, I remember getting a Harper into her car seat and then having to kind of like pause a little bit, like, Mm. like that was a good one, you know? And, Mm. but then I also was just like, okay, well, let's call your mom. Like clearly, you know, no matter how fast this is going to go, like, let's just go ahead. Cause we have this two hour drive. Right. Right. So we, grandma comes, gets Harper and the dogs. We have two dogs. And so grandma came, picked up Harper, picked up the dogs, but even still, I was like, I'm still like, I'm good. Like, let's just hang out a little bit. And so I tidied up the house as you do. And we have a fantastic paved walking path. We live right off the edge of a college campus. And so I was like, let's go for a walk. And so we did call the midwife and she was also, because I was so chill, she was very chill. She was like, oh yeah, like take your time. Let me know when I need to come in. Cause she wasn't going to be at the center until someone needed her. Mm-hmm. They had it totally closed down for the night. So there was no other, there were no other moms there. So we were walking, walking. And by the end of the walk, we probably walked a mile. By the end of the walk, I was having to kind of stop and like just concentrate a little bit, but in such a good way. Like my mindset had changed so much because of reading Ina May's book. I also, in that pregnancy, discovered Genevieve Howland of um, Mom Natural. Mm -hmm. Um, And I stalked her YouTube like so crazy. Like I, I have watched every second of every video that woman has ever shared. And I literally had a journal. I would like take notes while I was watching her videos and be like, okay, that's, that's what I'm awesome. going to do today to like take care of myself. And so, but it was, it's, it's hearing all of that information that like, you know, then it, it was time and here it all came into my mind. So I just mm-hmm. knew, I knew to have a mindset of embracing and just joy with each, with each contraction. I knew that I needed, I, you know, finding joy is what was going to bring me to the outcome that I wanted. And so, um, never once, you know, I, I had taken all of those negative words out of my mind, you know, contraction, pain, struggle, like I never heard them once in my mind and it completely transformed that birth experience for me. So we finally around, a, oh, I'd say 10 o'clock got in the car to head out to head to Overland Park. And we did not make it more than a mile from our house with me in the front seat of the car before I was like, nope, can't sit. <laughs> so um, I, we pulled over to the side of the road, got out and I got into the back seat facing backwards with my head. I had a pillow, like kind of like leaned over, like with my chest on like the head part of the seat, I guess, with my mm-hmm. knees in the seat. And that's how I rode the entire, what turned into three hour drive because oh, of no. road construction <laughs> oh, <my laughs> because word. it was August in the Midwest and that's when they fix all the roads. And so, um, pretty quickly I saw nothing, heard nothing, but just my own coaching in my head and all of those resources and mindsets and mantras that I had read about and thought about and journaled about, they all were right there for me, which, um, it was just so, so helpful. Um, and I, one of the biggest things that helped me and that I call back on with my next two pregnancies and labors is that I remember reading somewhere, I can't remember which resource it was, but um, that in between each pre in between each contraction to literally do like a full body assessment from the top of your head down to your toes is every muscle relaxing, mm-hmm. like completely let go. As soon as you work through that contraction, give yourself a little mental pat on the back and then just completely release every muscle in your body and rest. And really, even if it's only for 60 seconds, you know, even if it's only a two minute rest, it's rest. And 
I really clung to that advice and it was amazing how it fueled me and how then I had the energy to really power through each contraction. And I like, it sounds so cheesy and hokey, but I know that birthy people are going to be like, yes, (laughs) I also like I, the visualizing that I had practiced in terms of like what is happening during my contractions, like everything is opening. I'm releasing baby is moving down. Like, and just saying it to myself in that way with my jaw relaxed, just like embracing the progression of what each contraction was doing for my body. Um, it was just the most incredible experience and how that truly just helped me naturally progress through my contraction. So we did have to stop at a gas station, which was the worst part of the whole drive. Um, having to get out of the car, put my flip flops back on, like get into the gas station, had a contraction in the, in the gas station. My husband was like anxiously waiting outside the bathroom. <laughs> like, Oh God, this is okay. <laughs> um, get back in the car, head on down. We get to the birthing center. It was literally just me, my husband, the midwife and the nurse who was like basically the midwife assistant. Um, And we also had, we were there for about probably an hour and um, Kenneth's older sister who had not had any children yet at this time, um, but we had known that she was going to come down mainly because we were so far from home, like just in case, like we needed someone to like Walmart and grab a pair of socks, you know, like she was Mm going to be like our backup person. So she came, um, but I had also been sharing all my resources with her. And so she had actually studied as well. (laughs) And so she came with this bag of just like juices and goodies. And like, she was just so ready. And I remember like, she just had so many of the perfect words. I remember feeling she, I got in the bath when we got there and the water would just, oh my gosh. I mean, you know, (laughs) the Mm -hmm. water just completely, oh, it was amazing. Um, I do remember getting to the birthing center and having this, like, I swear I wasn't even opening my eyes. Like my husband led me blind into the center because I was just so in birthland. And, um, I remember they forced me first to go into this one room so they could check me first before they would like let me go into um, the like birthing suite. And I remember that nobody said anything after the midwife checked me other than, okay, let's go. <laughs> like, oh, so oh she didn't tell me how far I was. I didn't ask. I just knew that like, they were like, nope, yep, let's go. We are not wasting any time in this room. So um, they already had the the pool or the bath filling for me because they I had already told them that that's what I wanted. And so um, like literally I get into the birthing suite, get in the water. It's amazing. But I was not in the water more than probably 30 minutes before I had a really strong contraction and my water broke. Um, and it felt like a rocket <laughs> coming out of me. And yep. that was also my first pushing contraction which I had never felt before because of having an epidural with my first, um, my first uh, birth. And so that did panic me a little bit just because that was different. And I wasn't totally mentally, like I didn't necessarily have a mental tool ready for that feeling. And so I started having that, um, ejection, fetal ejection, uh, reflex, um, which looking back, I'm like, man, that's incredible. But at the time was like, Oh crap, I can't, what is this? This is is kind of scary. Like I felt like I'd had control over everything up to that point. And then it was just like, Nope, everything is kind of escalating. So, um, the tricky thing about the birthing center is that they only allow you at this particular center to do water birth. If you have taken their water birth class, Hmm. which we did not <laughs> because for one, we were super duper oh tight on budget at that time and mm-hmm. it was pretty expensive. And so we kind of just had to weigh our options on like, what can we afford to do? What is necessary? And so 
I loved laboring in the bath, but I wasn't there for very long before my midwife was like, okay, Megan, I think we're going to need to get out after I'd had that contraction. And I remember just being like, no, like, don't make me get Please out. No. Like, this is so wonderful. And she had to get pretty stern with me, which I didn't love, but I know that it's just there. You know, I knew that that was their rule. She was like, you, it's time to get out <laughs> because mm-hmm. they were not going to allow me to have the baby in the water. And I didn't know that that was about to happen. <laughs> so <laughs> she, and she did know that. And so she was like, yep, time to get out. And so, but I also remember I could not even physically get myself up and out. Like that's how close we were. So I get out of the tub and I lean on my husband um, through another intense pushing contraction immediately out of the bath. And again, I'm a little bit panicked, but my, you know, my midwife, like everyone was just so calm, like it, you know, it it lessened my panic significantly. Um, And so I was just still very focused. And I think I probably had um, two to three more of those pushing contractions. I made my way to the bed in that time um, before I was, he was crowning, like it, it escalated quickly. And, um, I was on all fours on the bed and he actually, um, I, no one ever actually used the term. Um, oh gosh, you know, it's escaping my brain shoulder. Shoulder Yes. No one actually ever used that term to me like after his birth, but half having looked into it myself, I'm pretty sure that's what was going on. Um, he, so he was like wider through the chest than he should have been, I guess, because of the way that his like arm and shoulders were. I don't know if that's what that is, but, um, basically I, the, the position I was in, he was not coming out because of this. And so she actually, I had to like turn over onto my back while he was crowning. Um, and she kind of like, manipulated him a little bit if that makes sense like while I was turning which was a bizarre Mm -hmm. experience um but in that like it was almost like one fluid motion like I flipped my leg over to be on my back and she had her hand on him and kind of manipulated him a little bit and then out he came (laughs) like it was all this one like fluid like yeah it just kind of all happened and then um I can remember just being like wow that was it like okay all right, I did it. I can do this. I did it. Like I just was in such disbelief because it was such a deal the first time. Um, and I was just like, okay, like that wasn't that big of a deal. Like I, I did it. I had everything I needed. And so, um, and then they literally like you do the, and I didn't tear it all with him either. Um, you know, that whole letting your body do your thing when it's ready. (laughs) There's a lot to be said for that. So I think too, yeah, I think laboring in the water, even just for that short time probably helped a little bit. Um, my midwife also did a lot of, um, like oil and Mm -hmm. pressure in those last few, um, contractions, those last few pushing contractions, um, around my perineum. And so, that I remember being like a little bit uncomfortable with that only because like, you know, that's not something that you get attention on <laughs> in the hospital. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody, nobody pays that kind of care and attention to that area for you. They just wait for they need to come out. Um, and so I remember being like, oh, that's different. <laughs> but then <laughs> also being like, oh, that's nice. Okay. Like mm-hmm. that's helpful. And so I just, oh, that was just wonderful. Um, so then they literally just like tuck you into bed and leave you. So that was, he was born around 2 a.m. And um, we slept until about 8 a.m. Nobody came in 
to say hi or see us. I mean, they just shut the lights down and we just slept. Um, that chunk of time right there is probably the most healing part of my recovery that anyone could have given me that I didn't mm-hmm. get with Harper. Um, and it just totally set us off on the right foot with his recovery. So I will say though, this, that it was tricky, tricky because they kind of kick you out pretty quickly at the birthing center, which is great if you live close, <laughs> right. but we don't. So we then, you know, around like 8 a.m., we get up and get our things around. Now, I had planned ahead because I'm a planner, and I thought, well, we don't live close, and you do have to come back with your baby at a 24-hour mark. They don't come to mm. you. Um, and I thought, gosh, we don't want to drive all the way home, you know, two-hour drive home, two-hour drive back 24 hours later with a newborn. Let's get a hotel room. That'll be a great idea, mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought in my head. Um, sounds great. It worked, technically, um, but as we move on into my third pregnancy, looking back, that was the tiny detail. As I start replaying all my mind, I'm like, yeah, I didn't love that. That was mm-hmm. yucky. I did not like, you know, the suitcases and the checking into the hotel and the being in a hotel room, who knows whose germs have been, you know, like just all mm-hmm. the things right. that, you know, again, in the moment seemed like the right thing to do, live and learn. <laughs> so, um, do you want me to go ahead and jump into my third pregnancy? Please. You know, I have like, I have so many pregnancies to tell you about. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You're doing great. I'm making up all the time. So, okay. I'm no, trying to fine. get it all in for you. Um, no, you're so, great. <laughs> okay. So, um, so yeah. And I will say that that was going to be our last baby too. We were like, yay, family complete. All done. <laughs> like that was it. And I also, um, so he was born in August. Not a great time as a teacher to have a baby. So I actually had to go back to work. I actually took two more weeks than I, like I took an extra quote unquote two weeks because technically you can go back at six weeks. And so I quote unquote took an extra two weeks and went Mm. back at eight weeks. Um, However, um, still very hard. Um, Yes. It was a really rocky few months. Now I had amazing supportive staff and coworkers around me, um, regardless of how supportive the people around you are being without your baby for that amount of time, that really is just, it feels impossible. It's so hard. And I was, and I'm at the time I was a preschool teacher. So you're also like needed 24 seven and uh, pumping breaks were frequently interrupted. Like it was just a whole ordeal. We also, I also took a significant pay cut. because of that maternity leave because teachers don't get paid maternity leave. So um, financially, we then had two little ones in daycare because Harper was two. And um, so I had a two-year-old and an infant in daycare. And it was only my second year teaching. Um, There were months that my teaching paycheck did not pay for our, it did not cover our childcare expenses. So just the stress, (laughs) the stress of all of that, um, you know, gosh, it was, Looking back, my daily life now, when I feel stressed, I remember that time. <laughs> I'm mm. like, okay, but we're not there anymore. So at least, you know, we've moved through right. that. So so anyway, I think all of that combined, I was like, yep, we're done. Like, we're at our capacity. Like, this is just way too hard. I can handle it, but this is just way too hard. I couldn't fathom adding another baby to our family because it was just mm-hmm. so hard to under two. So we got through it. Um, he was a horrible, horrible sleeper. Another reason that I was like, nope this is it <laughs> like, can't anymore because I have got to sleep. So anyway, in, in his first year of life, I, um, actually discovered, um, running and working out. I became a runner. Um, like I've run multiple marathons since then. Um, wow. and he, I actually credit that to, um, when I was really kind of starting to struggle, like mentally, emotionally with all of the heaviness of what we had on our plates. Um, 
I definitely was headed in the direction of probably some mental health, um, some postpartum mental health. Um, I never was seen professionally and I never, you know, sought out help professionally. But looking back, um, I can see that had I not started running and doing some things for myself, I was most definitely headed in that direction. And so I'm very thankful that I discovered um, running and exercise. Um, and I'm also very thankful that that pregnancy had helped our nutritional habits too, because I think that that really helps a lot with um, emotional health. So anyway, um, so we were done having babies and we got to, you know, we got out of the fuzziness of the newborn phase and we're just rocking our little family with two kiddos. And I decide it's time for me to go back to school. Yay. I'm going to go get my master's degree. I was like, I'm good. I got this mom of two thing down. I can totally handle going back to grad school. So I had already done two semesters of grad school when um, I had Hinton. And so then I took a break when I had him. And I was just like, I'll come back to it when I'm ready. So mind you, the summer that we were pregnant with Hinton and buying a new house, I was also a full-time grad student. I left Oof. that detail out. <laughs> I left out that little detail. I like anyway. to go big. <laughs> yeah, I just want to do all of the things all at the same time. <laughs> so anyway, um, but now he, we got to like, um, he was headed into his first birthday. So I now have a three-year-old who's fully potty trained. She's headed to preschool and I have this baby that I'm still nursing and we're on a good schedule. He's sleeping. He's going to be a year old. I'm going to re-enroll for grad school. And so I started um, that process. And so I'm teaching full time and going to grad school and we're just rocking it. And so then fast forward to the next summer, I'm still full time in grad school, but I've taken a little bit of time off and I re-enroll again to finish. I'm like on the home stretch, going to finish. And I'm like, I'm going to go all the classes at once. Like, let's just get this all done. Like we're on a good <laughs> schedule. Like, you know, I'm exercising, I'm teaching. We're good. Like I have enough time and space in my life. Like let's just load all of the classes and I'll finish my master's degree in these two semesters. So we go back to school in August and I start my grad school classes literally the week that I start my grad school classes. Um, Kenneth gets the flu, my husband, both of the kids get sick and I get sick and I'm like, we're all sick. Gross. This sucks, but we're just all sick. Everybody heals from being sick and I'm still sick. <laughs> I'm like, man, this flu just is not letting up for me. What the deal? And I remember I was home one day from work, um, cause I was sick. Right. Um, and I had Hinton at home with me and I just had this like thought come over me and I was like, oh my gosh. I'm pregnant. Like this is not oh, the flu. Like I and I just knew. And in that moment, I had not even an ounce considered having another baby. Like we were done, done. I had mm. sold all the baby things. Like so done, so done, and so happy to be done. Like so done, and so joyous. Joyous. <laughs> so there was definitely a solid like week of um, not panic, but just like. Oh, wow. Okay. Like <laughs> completely rearranging my thought process and the whole like, well, shoot, like I'm full blown into this grad school thing and I'm teaching full time. I've got these two little humans who, yes, we're out of the newborn phase and the baby phase, but like, you know, Hinton was still in diapers. Like, you know, he, so anyway, 
he had just turned two. But anyway, so I'm like, whatever, we're going to power through. We're just going to do it. Like, I'm going to be super mom, better finish my master's now while I'm pregnant than with three kids, right? That's going to be easier. So why um, pregnancy with him was totally different. Um, Hatcher, who was our number three, because I was a runner at that time. And I had gotten so healthy and so fit. And so my pregnancy felt like a breeze. Honestly, I actually kept running. Um, I actually did my last K around 38 weeks with him, um, wow. and felt great. Like it was insane. I just felt like superwoman, and I was a full-time grad student. Like, I don't even know, but I don't either. It was, it was <laughs> I do not know. That's amazing. It was, and I, but I think too, like looking back, he was definitely my easiest, healthiest pregnancy. Thank goodness. Mm-hmm. Um, so that allowed me to have all those extra things and to survive it. So, um, Looking into how we were going to have our birth, I start remembering kind of the details of like the two to three hour drive to the birthing center and the frequent appointments. I did not have time to drive two hours. Like it just became this logistical nightmare. Like how, and that sounds horrible because you make time for the things that you need, (laughs) but I just, it became this logistical nightmare. And then thinking about like, well, so are we going to get a hotel room after he's born and still have these other two little ones at home? Like, who need us. Like, I didn't like that whole idea of leaving Harper and Hinton. And so I was like, I'm going to look into home birth. And at that time I knew nobody who had ever had a home birth, Caitlin. Like I, mm-hmm. it was this completely foreign unicorn thing that I was like, but I know it, it exists. So I'm going to find it. I'm going to make it happen. I tend to be the kind of person that like just wills things into existence when I really believe that I want them to happen. Like I appreciate that. I don't know how I'm going to do it or who's going to be involved. I'm just going to like find a way. And so I found a home birth midwife who, and we were currently, so we were receiving care at the birthing center because I just went ahead into that process because that's what we had done the last time. And so um, I actually didn't transfer care from the birthing center to our home birth midwife until 26 weeks (laughs) with Hatcher. Um, and I can remember that first appointment we went to visit the midwife and me being super nervous because in my head, I was like, well, this is what we're doing. I've just decided like, so I hope I like her because like, I really wasn't, there really wasn't time or space or enough other options of home birth midwives. Cause she was actually in Kansas at the time. I mean, she still is, but she has since gotten slightly closer. Um, she was willing to drive to Maryville, which is about a two hour drive. So she was willing to drive to me for my home birth. Um, the, the possibility of me finding anybody else that was going to do that was slim to none. And so okay. going into that appointment, I was very nervous because I was like, gosh, if we don't click or she decides that she won't take me on, um, or for whatever reason, like, it's pro- it's maybe probably not going to happen. Like it, this is kind of our only egg in the basket, <laughs> like mm-hmm. in terms of having a home birth. So luckily, um, so what was supposed to be a one hour appointment was like a two hour appointment because we just completely lost ourselves in getting to know each other and talking about birth and talking about my hopes and expectations and my previous birth experiences and her just listening to me. Um, it was incredible. I mean, it was like, did we just become best friends? situation <laughs> and we definitely had and so thank oh. goodness um for her her name's amber walla and she is just fantastic and so um we went ahead and switched care i will never forget the phone call i made on amber's porch actually because <laughs> i had an appointment scheduled for the next day at the birthing center 
And so I walked out on Amber's porch to call the birthing center to cancel that appointment. I will never forget the very strange reaction I got from the receptionist of like, oh, okay. (laughs) Do do a home birth, which shocked me because like, you know, Mm -hmm. the birthing center is still very natural minded and, you know, it's midwifery care. But anyway, so at that point I didn't really, I wasn't concerned about anyone else's opinion. I was just doing my thing. So I, um, I went ahead and set everything up with Amber. We continued care with her through Hatcher's pregnancy. Um, I continued all of the things I had done, you know, all of the exercises, all of the stretching, you know, the, the supplements, the red raspberry leaf tea, the sitting on my birth ball. Um, I read spiritual midwifery during that pregnancy. So I is another book with Ina May. Um, I actually also, that was his pregnancy was when I discovered you. And so I started oh. listening to your podcast and that's actually how I would pull myself out of bed in the morning. So thank you for getting me out of bed at 5am because um, <laughs> the only times I could listen to podcasts was when my kids were sleeping because they were so little at the time. Um, I couldn't focus if they were awake and I was trying to listen to something. And so Keep in mind, I'm still a full-time graduate student, okay, and I'm teaching full-time. So I was doing most of my homework late, late at night. So I was staying up until like 11 o'clock, midnight, every night, <laughs> doing homework and other things around the house. So then I was needing to be up at 5 a.m. the next morning. But I literally, like, my feet, would hit, my feet would hit the floor. I would pull up a podcast, put it in the corner of the shower, and take a shower and drink a little bit of coffee. And, like, that was how I started every day. And so every day I was getting... I was just building my mental toolbox, listening to, I was listening to you. I also discovered doing it at home with the mm-hmm. podcast, um, which is a husband wife duo that do Matthew and um, Sarah. Yeah. Yes, they are. I love them. Um, so, and they actually, at that time they had only just started and were actually pregnant. They hadn't even had their baby yet. So, um, I was kind of like walking along the pregnancy journey with them and that mm-hmm. was awesome. I also discovered Bryn Hep. Palmer, um, mm-hmm. the birth hour. I can't think of. Yes, the birth hour. So, and not all of her. She's not specific to home birth, but still does have a lot of natural birth stories. So, anyway, I found out through that pregnancy, through his pregnancy, Hatcher's pregnancy, that just listening to other stories can be so powerful, and just hearing other people's mindsets and hearing other people's strategies, and also hearing other people's like, oh crap, moments. Like it's just it's fun and it's helpful you know, in, in preparing your own mindset. So, um, and I was still following mama natural at that time too. So I was just like soaking up every ounce of natural childbirth, home birth. Um, I, that was when I subscribed to about every single natural home birth mom YouTuber that I could possibly get my hands on because I was like, I would be cleaning up the kitchen at night and I would have my iPad on the counter watching birth stories and watching, um, like this is what's in my home birth hall type videos. Um, and I had this clipboard with a notepad. And so I'd be like watching YouTube and all these things. I would like add notes to my notebook or I would be like watching an actual birth video, like a vlog, um, like a home birth vlog. And like a husband would say something to his wife and I'm like, Oh man, that was so uplifting. And so I would like write it down. I'd be like, babe, these, here's a list of the things that I, that spoke to me, (laughs) you know, like these are the things that like, speak to me and that I feel like will be encouraging and uplifting to me. So I really like amped up my game in terms of like mental, emotional preparation and resources. Um, so I felt so ready and I just, I loved every minute of that pregnancy. Like I got to the end of it and was just like yearning for birth. <laughs> like I just was so full and 
and happy and excited. And um, we were having our home birth. We got, you know, all the resources, we got the pool. We practiced setting up the pool. Like we did all the things. Um, so date wise, Hatcher was due to be born May 2nd. And my master's of education graduation ceremony was scheduled to be um, April 28th. Okay, so that's like a good four days cushion, right? Like, that's fine. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. looking at my calendar, I was like, oh, yeah, totally fine. I'll still be pregnant. I've always gone to or past my due date. Like, yes, I'll be very pregnant, but whatever. Like, I'll have my sub, sub plans ready because I was a kindergarten teacher now. I was like, I'll do all this work up front. I'll have my sub plans ready. I'll be totally ready to leave school. I'll be totally ready. I'll be done with my master's stuff. I'll get through graduation. We'll celebrate. And then I'll have my baby and I'll just get to stay home and have this little like mini maternity vacation. Like it's going to be so great. I was so looking forward to it. Um, so my graduation ceremony was scheduled on a, It was a Friday evening and um, I had scheduled my last day of work to be Thursday. So I was going to work all the way to Thursday of that week. And then Friday, that Friday evening was actually our annual kindergarten trip to the zoo. <laughs> huh. And the zoo trip is actually like about an hour drive up to Omaha, Nebraska. And so um, I remember being like, yeah, I probably don't need to be like on a school bus with 100 <laughs> kindergartners going to the zoo, like at 30 or at 40 weeks pregnant. So I just kind of like scheduled myself out of that engagement. <laughs> um, thank goodness, because I literally, oh, and my husband is a track coach. I should add that. So this entire spring, um, I'm single parenting on the longest for the wife of the coach. Let me just say, right. <laughs> I'm like really more track me today. So about three nights a week, my husband wasn't even getting home until, you know, 11 o'clock midnight because he was out coaching track. So, which was the case on this Thursday night. So we get to Thursday. I work all day. I know I'm not going to the zoo the next day. And I'm like, I had actually been having like wonkiness that whole week, just like leaking and cramping and just like, oh, like all the things. And I remember being like, well, that's never happened before. But third time around, my body is just like letting go, you know, like that's how I accepted it in my mind. Um, but it was definitely like a slow progression, I would say from about Monday night um all the way through but I also was just so distracted by all the things I was doing like you know teaching and caring for my kids and finishing up my last little details of my graduate work like I was almost too distracted to really like pay any attention to all these signs my body was giving me that like birth is coming <laughs> and it's coming very soon <laughs> and I just was pressing on so we get to um Thursday night and I worked all day actually I was at school till 5 30 and my husband wasn't home until late that night and so I was by myself with the kids um, get put, put myself to bed. And I swear my body was just like, we're done. Okay. All the things like I made it through work, everything, like I rested and I was awoken at four o'clock that next morning having contractions, like mm -hmm. full blown. Like I knew the first one I felt like oh, this is it, which was exciting, except that my graduation was graduation. So my husband took off that day of work and we get through the whole day, just laboring and like vacuuming and folding the laundry. And the kids are at daycare and preschool. So we're by ourselves. My parents came to town, not for the birth, but for my graduation. And so my parents <laughs> ended up being in town. Um, they live far uh, three hours away. And so like, they're not always there. Um, we went out to lunch with them. And it was at lunch that I was like, so you guys should probably know, like, I'm kind of having contractions, nothing to be excited about, like, but you should probably just know that. And I remember my mom, my mom being like, um okay like and we're just gonna go about this day like normal and, and me just like really discounting any doubts she had of me like 
don't talk to me. Like we're doing this. Okay. I'm going to this graduation ceremony. Don't even talk to me out of it. So I literally stood in line to get my cap and gown, like having contractions. (laughs) So we get through all of that. We get the kids picked up. My contractions are definitely picking up and I'm being, I'm like getting tired. And I can remember taking a shower and having this moment of like, man, I could just stay home. Like it'd be so nice just to stay home. But then being like, nope, I'm doing this. I'm going to my graduation. So um, long story short, I timed contractions through my entire graduation ceremony. Um, Somebody got word to our president of the university that I was sitting in the audience having contractions. He actually (sighs) called me out in the middle of the ceremony, had me stand. And like announced to the entire crowd, like that she's ha- she's nine months pregnant and having contractions. And I'm like on the big screen because the camera's like zoom in on my face. And I just like smile and give everyone a thumbs up. Like, let's not waste any time here, folks. Okay. We actually get to the stage and I say to the friend beside me who I knew pretty well, I'm like, okay, if I start to have a contraction when it's my turn to go across the stage, you're gonna go across the stage first and then give me time to get through my contraction so I can go across the stage. Like we had this whole plan, like at planned out. And I also had said, also, I should probably not stay for the rest of the ceremony. So when we get across the stage, can I just give you my cap and gown and you turn to literally have another contraction on the steps of the stage, like walking off of the stage. And the, like, um, the person who's like the events coordinator <laughs> was like right there. And I was like, I'm just, I think I'm just going to go. And she was like, yeah, I think that's a good idea. <laughs> like, let's get you out of here. So my husband, who just instinctually knew we weren't staying, he actually had come from his seat and was there to greet me. So we get Aww. out the doors of the auditorium. And Caitlin, they had an ambulance outside <gasps> of the graduation because someone had told them, which I think is probably just normal protocol. But like, that's alarming. Like there were literally mm-hmm. EMTs in the hallway with gloves on. Oh <laughs> like, my word. Like, they thought I was like a ticking time bomb. And I can remember having this thought, like I glared at this EMT and I remember having this thought of like, are you going to take me home? <laughs> right. <laughs> because I'm not going to the hospital. Like, but I wouldn't mind right. taking me. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, I don't know who you think I am, but you are not taking me to the hospital. No. So anyway. Oh, also tiny, tiny little detail. We have not called the midwife yet. <laughs> Just, oh my word. You know, we had a few, <laughs> You're busy. A few things going on. So, <laughs> right. So my dad has already gone to get his truck. We get in the truck. We live less than a mile from the university. So we get home. And I had a major contraction in the back seat of the truck that really freaked my dad out. He told me later. Um, but I was like, fine. I was like, that's fine. This is just what we're going to do. I'm having my baby. So I get inside the house. It's just me and Kenneth. My parents go to the hotel. We like kick them away. And, and they thought probably we had like all night to go, right? So we call the midwife, call the photographer. I put my hair in a bun. I get my swimming suit on, like go time, right? We already had the pool like aired up and ready to go. This is at I literally looked at, I looked at the stove clock. It said 8.23. Okay. Um, it all went very, very fast. My best friend came to support us. The photographer showed up, got pictures of everything. Um, I maybe had five or six good contractions out of the water, um, out of the pool as everyone's arriving and got into the pool. The first uh-huh. step I took <laughs> into the pool, I had that pushing contraction where my water broke like textbook, just like Hinton's birth. Um, I say to everyone in the room, mind you, this is my husband, the birth photographer and my best friend. I say to everyone in the room, I don't really know what level of freak out everyone had around me because I was just so like together. Like I was not worried at all. 
but I do know that my husband got the midwife on the phone um, because she was on speakerphone and she was on her way, but not going to make it. And so she's just kind of like very calm and reassuring. And so Kenneth kind of like, you know, brushes up, pulls up his sleeves and is like, okay, we're just going to do this, I guess. And so he kind of like is behind me. I'm on all fours. He's not in the pool. He's like reaching over the edge. And, um, that contraction where my water broke happened. And then there, I had two more really strong, good, productive pushing contractions. And then I, Kenneth says to the midwife, I can see the head. And so the midwife is like, okay, good. Like she asks him a few questions. And in my head, I remember thinking the midwife knows to push the baby between my legs so I can grab it. But Kenneth doesn't know that. Like, oh no, we're going to have a tingle of a cord here in a bit. Like, that's what was on my mind. And so in my head, I made this like strategy. I was like, I'm going to flip over as soon as I push the baby out. Why I thought that was a thing, I don't know. But in my head, I was like, Kenneth doesn't know to push the baby between my legs. So I'm going to have to take care of this. Okay. So I had like planned it in my head. So um, I literally, I get the head out, um, which was, wow, ring of fire. First time really remembering that. Um, I get the head out and then in my head, in my brain, I'm like, okay, this next push, I'm just doing this. Like I'm getting this baby out. So as the next contraction comes, I push his body out and I kind of like rotate my leg over (laughs) the baby, if that makes sense, while my Mm -hmm. husband is holding the baby. And my husband says, wait, hold still. (laughs) the video. Wait, what do you That's mean? So cute. So, <laughs> I wasn't telling this. We have it on video that he's like, hold still. <laughs> and so anyway, um, the cord was around his neck mm-hmm. and it was not alarming at all. Like I remember hearing Kenneth say, oh, the cord's around his neck. And I literally just like reached down, get it off of his neck and pull him up to my chest. And everyone else mm-hmm. in the room, you know, the photographer and my friend are just like, <gasps> like everyone oh. is just in complete shock. Like mm-hmm. we all kind of were like, wow we just did that. Like we just had this baby. And in my head, I knew that was going to happen. So like, I wasn't alarmed at all. And I knew I'm the one who delivers the baby. Like, yes, everyone else is very helpful and crucial, but like the fact that all of the people weren't there was not concerning to me because, you know, I'm really the only person that has to be there to have the baby. Like it's fine. And so, um, so anyway, we get him up on my chest and um, the midwife is just kind of coaching Kenneth, like, okay, like, what's his color? You know, like, can we hear him? And so he makes a little bit of noise, but he never even really cried. Like, he was just so peaceful. And so um, we were just, I mean, sounds cheesy. We were just so one. Like, he was just still with me, you know? Like, we just, and we just sat there in the water with a towel on us. Um, the midwife came about five minutes later. And um it was just, in my opinion, exactly how birth should be. Like, it's just exactly, oh. you know, uninterrupted, intimate, exactly who needs to be there. It's just, it's just exactly how it needs to be. Goosebumps, oh, you know, like gosh. just beautiful. So, um, oh, and he was born at 925, by the way, literally an hour oh. after we got home from graduation. So <laughs> oh, my word. insane. And then I dealt with oh. the next week of my life and all of the like newspapers and everything like the Bearcat baby. Bearcats are um, mascot for the college. Like That's the Bearcat so baby. So oh anyway, my um, God. Yeah, that was our third home birth and our, oh, our home birth. Megan, it's amazing. That is so amazing. And I know that you have another birth story as well. And 
we will have you back on the podcast. That's what I was going to say. It might be for another day, another day. <laughs> but I love, I love hearing the progression, you know, the hospital birth center, home birth. It's so neat when mom go, moms go through it that way and just, you know, kind of gain confidence every time. So thank yes, you so absolutely. much, Megan. It was an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast. This has been awesome. And Lord knows I don't have time to write things down. So now I have this archive for myself oh. too and for my own kids. So yeah, I we'll share it. the pandemic birth another time. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> Thanks, Megan. Thank you. Thank you, Caitlin. Have a good day. <laughs> I seriously love Megan's style. Maybe because she reminds me of myself. There's always something going on. There's always something that's got to be cooked up. As we head into the episode roundup, I just want to call attention to how incredible the modern mother is. Megan went through school, worked, cared, and nurtured her babies. Megan went through school, worked, cared for, and nurtured her babies, began running, and researched the heck out of birth. Mothers are amazing, and the things we do for our families and the world Wow, it is truly overwhelming. Okay, my friends, that is all that I have for you for today. I thank you so much for joining me for another episode, and I can't wait to see you back here next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Are you looking to extend the home birth support, encouragement, and education? Join us in our Facebook group, Happy Home Birth Podcast Community, and check us out on Instagram at Happy Home Birth Podcast.